अथ षोडश सर्ग तथो नारायण विष्णुर्नियुक्त सुरसत्तम जानन्नपि सुराने वंशलक्षणम् वचनम् अब्रवीत् उपायक्कोवधेतस्य राक्षसाधिपते सुराह यमहंतम् समास्थायनिहन्यामृशिकंतकम् एवमुक्तासुरासर्वे प्रत्योजर्विष्णुमव्ययम् मानुषम्रूपमास्थायरावनम् जहिसंयुगे सहिते पेतपस्तीव्रम् दीर्घकालमरिंदमा येन तुष्टो भवद्ब्रह्मा लोककुल्लोकपूर्वजह संतुष्टफ प्रददोतस्मै राक्षसायवरं प्रभुः नाना विधेभ्यो भूतेभ्यो भयं नान्यत्रमानुषात अवज्ञाताफ पुरातेन वरदाने हिमानवाह एवं पितामहात्तस्माद वरदाने नगर्वितह उत्सादयति तस्मातस्य वधो दृष्टो मानुषेभ्य परंदपा इत्येतद्वजनम् श्रुत्वा सुराणाम् विष्णुरात्मवान पितरम् रोचयामास तदा दशरथम् रुपम् सचाप्य पुत्रों रुपतिस्तस्मिन् काले महाद्युतिही अजयत् पुत्रियामिष्टिम् पुत्रेप् सुररिसूदनहा अंतर्धानंगतो देवैफ पूज्यमानो महर्षिभी ततो वैयजमानस्य पावकादतुल प्रभं प्रादुर्भूतं महद्भूतं महावीर्यं महाबलं कृष्णं रक्तां बरधरं रक्तास्यंदुंदुभिस्वनं स्निग्धहर्यक्षतनुजश्मश्रुप्रवरमूर्धजं शुभलक्षन संपन्नं दिव्या शैलशंगसमुत्सेधं दृप्तशार्दूलविक्रमं दिवाकरसमाकारं दीप्तानलशिखोपमं तप्तजाम्बूनदमयीं राजतांत परिच्छदां दिव्यपायससंपूर्णां पात्रीं पत्नीमिवप्रियां प्रगह्यविपुलांदोर्भ्यां स्वयं मायामयीमिवा प्राजापत्यम् नरं विध्धिमामिहाभ्यागतं रुपा ततफ परंत दाराजा प्रत्योबाचकुर्तांजलिही भगवन् स्वागतं तेस्तु किमहं करवानिते अथो पुनरिदं वाक्यं प्राजापत्यो नरोब्रवीत राजन नर्चयता देवा नद्य प्राप्तमिदं त्वया प्रजाकरं ग्रहानत्वं धन्यमारोग्यवर्धनं भार्याणामनु रूपानामश्नीतेति प्रयच्छवै तासुत्वं लप्स्यसे पुत्रान यदर्थं यजसे नुरुपा तथेते नुरुपतिफ्रीतश्यरसाप्रदिगृह्यताम पात्रीम देवान्न संपूर्नाम देवदत्ताम्हिरन्� मुदा परमया युक्तस्चकाराभिप्रदक्षिनं ततो दशरथव प्राप्य पायसंदेव निर्मितं बभूव परमप्रीतव प्राप्य वित्तमिवाधनह ततस्तदद्भुतप्रक्यं भूतं परमभास्वरं संवर्तयत्वा तत्कर्म तत्रैवाम्तरधीयता 
हर्षरश्मिद्योतम तस्यापुरमाबौ शारदस्याम से चंद्र सेवनभोंशु सौंतपुरं प्रवेश कौसल्यादम्रवीत पायसं प्रति गृहपुत्री यंत्रदमात्म कौसल्याय नरपति पायसाधं ददौ तदा अर्धादर्धं ददौ चापी सुमित्राई नराधिप कैकेशिष्टाधं ददौ पुत्रकारण प्रददौ चावशिष्टाधम पायसमृतोपम अनुचित्य सुमित्राई पुनरव महामति दौराजाण पृथक ताश्चम प्राप्य नरेन्द्र सोत्तम स्त्रि सम्मानमेरे सर्वा प्रहर्षोदित चेत ततस्तुता प्राश्यतमोत्तम स्त्रि महीपतेम पायसम पृथक हुताशनादिसमतेजसोचिण गर्भान् प्रतिपेदिरे तदा ततस्तु राजा प्रतिवीक्ष्यता स्त्रिय प्ररूढ़गर्भा प्रतिलब्धमानस बभूमहृष्टस्त्रिदिवे यथा हरिस्सुरेन्द्र सिद्धर्षिगणाजिताषे श्रीमद्राणे वाकिकांडे षोडशसर्ग श्रीमद्वाकिमायण Book One, Balakanda, Canto Sixteen. A dialogue between Lord Vishnu and the gods, bearing on Ravana, on the disappearance of the Lord, an attendant of Prajapati, Lord Vishnu, the protector of all created beings, rises from the sacrificial pit and hands over to Dasharatha a basin containing milk boiled with rice and sugar, and the latter divides it among his wives. solicited thus by the foremost of the gods the all pervading narayana though knowing everything thereupon addressed the following sweet words to the gods what can be the device for dispatching the aforesaid ruler of the ogres o gods by resorting to which i may be able to uproot that thorn in the side of the rishis asked thus by the lord all the gods replied to the immortal lord vishnu as follows assuming a human semblance make short work of ravana in battle the fellow indeed practiced for a long time o chastiser of foes severe austerities by which brahma the maker of the universe and the progenitor of all created beings got much pleased highly gratified brahma conferred on that ogre a boon to the effect that he would have no fear from the different species of created beings other than man at the time of receiving the boon of yore really speaking men were treated as of no account and were left out of consideration by him elated thus by the boon received from the aforesaid brahma the progenitor of the entire creation he is oppressing all the three worlds and carries off women folk hence his death has been ordained at the hands of man o chastiser of foes hearing the aforesaid submission of the gods the high souled lord vishnu then desired king dasharatha to be his father desirous of getting a son since he had no male issue the aforesaid monarch too 
who was possessed of great splendor and was capable of destroying his foes, performed at that time a sacrifice calculated to procure him a son. Having made up his mind accordingly and saying goodbye to Brahma, the progenitor of the entire creation, the said Lord Vishnu disappeared, even while he was being worshipped by the gods and great rishis. Then, indeed, there arose from the fire known as Ahvaniya of the sacrificer, an extraordinary being, possessed of matchless splendor and endowed with exceptional prowess and uncommon strength. Dark-complexioned with a ruddy countenance and a voice resembling the sound of a large kettle drum, he was clad in red and had soft and excellent hair resembling a lion's all over his body, about his lower face and on his upper lip as well as on his head. Invested with auspicious marks on his body and decked with celestial jewels, he possessed the height of a mountain peak and strode like a proud tiger. His figure shone like the sun and he looked like a flame of blazing fire and personally carried in both his arms a large basin of refined gold full of ethereal payasa, milk boiled with rice and sugar and covered with a silver lid as though a product of magic even as one would carry one's beloved spouse. Gazing at King Dasharatha, he addressed the following words to him. Know me, O protector of men, to be a messenger of Vishnu, the protector of created beings, arrived here from his realm. Thereupon the king replied to him with folded hands, May my hearty welcome be acceptable to you, O divine personage. What shall I do for you? The servant of Lord Vishnu now spoke the following words to him. By worshipping the gods by means of a horse sacrifice and a sacrifice performed for the sake of a male progeny, has this reward been secured by you today, O king? Receive, O tiger among kings, this payasa prepared by the gods, which is not only capable of procuring a son, but is also conducive to wealth and promoter of health too. Give it to your wives that are worthy of you, that is, belonging to your own varna or grade of society and sharing your virtues with the words, Eat it, all of you. Through them who partake of it, you will secure four sons for whom you have been performing sacrifices, O protector of men. Accepting delightfully with his head bent low and with the words, So be it, the aforesaid gold basin, full of heavenly food and vouchsafed by the Lord, and greeting that extraordinary being of delightful aspect, the king, full of supreme joy, went around him clockwise as a mark of respect. Dasharatha felt highly pleased to secure from him the payasa prepared by the gods even as a pauper would on obtaining riches. Having disposed of that duty of handling, handing over the payasa to the king, that most effulgent being of wonderful appearance then vanished into the fire itself. 
irradiated by beams of joy playing on his countenance, the gynecium, to which he now hastened, shone bright like the firmament, illumined by the rays of the delightful autumnal full moon. Immediately on entering the gynecium, he spoke to Kausalya, his eldest wife, as follows. Accept this piasa, which is indeed calculated to procure you a son. With the object of getting them a son each, the king they then gave half of the piasa to Kausalya, and the emperor made over one half of the other half to Sumitra, his second wife too. Again, he gave half of the rest to Kaikai and reflecting a while, the highly intelligent Dasharatha gave the other half of the nectar like Payasa once more to Sumitra. In this way, the monarch apportioned the Payasa separately to all his aforementioned wives. All the aforesaid noble wives of the emperor deemed this apportionment as a unique honor, their mind enlivened through excessive joy on receiving the payasa. Partaking of the excellent payasa separately the same moment, those noble wives of the emperor actually felt before long, by virtue of it, the presence in their womb of offspring vying in splendor with the fire and the sun. Perceiving the aforesaid queens with offspring in their womb, quickened immediately afterwards, the emperor, who had attained his desired object and was adored by Indra, the ruler of gods, and hosts of Siddhas and Rishis, as the future father of the divine Sri Rama, felt delighted, even as Indra does in heaven. Thus ends Canto 16 in the Balakanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.